0: what's up there folks good evening how are you this is jake j thomas of jake j thomas photo and this is another episode of the dialogic podcast coming to you tonight from santa cruz it's new year's eve just got done doing my push-ups gonna have a nice little beer ski doing this podcast, starting that positive feedback loop of the half-hour podcast, stop it, play it, listen to it, write out the text that I find to be most important, so that becomes a distilled version of the podcast, available as a description, available as a blog, available on different platforms, at my website, on the podcast platforms, on YouTube, all the places you can find this interesting and wonderful podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for following along. Thank you for contributing in whatever way you are, whether that's as a listener, as somebody who's curious about what's going on, as a, somebody who is in disbelief. Whatever the case may be, thanks for sticking with me or being here for the first time or just giving this a little gander. Giving it a go, seeing how it flows, what happens on the road, all of the above. (laughs) Just going to have a little bit of fun with the whole thing, if I can, if I may, if I must, and oh yes, all three of the above. Because this is my thing, this is what I like to do, and this is a way that I like to compose. It's a way that I like to create content, because I'm a content creator. That's what I do, and what that means is a lot of different things, but for this context in this moment, what that means is I'm using a spontaneous flow of thought to create some sort of cloud of thought that then I distill into a more potent form in writing and then in the process of doing it I'm reviewing it and then it makes it that much more intelligible to myself and then hopefully also to you but we'll see we'll see we'll see you know how it goes and uh it's all an experiment and that's what life is especially as an artist that's the main thing that you are doing as an artist is experimenting, in my humble opinion. Uh, that's the most important thing anyways. You're trying things out. You're seeing if there's a new, more interesting way of doing something, of expressing something, of articulating something, of developing something. why artists are similar to scientists in a lot of ways and there's a lot of overlap between those two fields you know art is a combination of a lot of different fields there's also the rhetorician, the politician the, the intellectual, the academic the salesman the marketer the decorator the anarchist there's so many different roles an artist plays you know it's a field that encompasses all fields that's why it's always multimedia in one way or another and you know every every generation has a different set of approaches available to it different techniques for expressing the feeling of the times And the times are felt from many different perspectives and multi-perspectival work is part of the whole beginning framework that this generation seems to adopt because that level of complexity is just so basic to us. You know, now that we're all connected virtually at all times, that connectivity is taken for granted you know, whereas before the internet there was a lot more of a an ability to think of ourselves in a sort of separate sense as these isolated granular, modular, atomic entities in action in reaction, moving around this huge board of of play. But uh Now that we're so interconnected, I think that it's a whole different set of metaphors that have any relevance to us at all because it's like oxygen, our connectivity now. It's so second nature to us. The culture is our nature. Now there's going to be another nature, a deeper nature. The wildernesses within us are going to recede further and further as there's less taboo subjects, as there's less that's truly unconscious. And that's something that I think we all should be thinking about if we have any thoughts to have at all, if we have any understanding of the progress, the course, the movement of mind, of human development, the capabilities, the possibilities, the proclivities, the things that we tend to do, the uh, habits habits of humans are are very deep things something to think about always and uh when you think about the fact of the unconscious being caused by repressive culture by taboo by things being forbidden to be seen or talked about and that being so radically different in a digital age where there's an internet available to everyone at all times and any story can be found any any situation can be seen what really remains to be taboo to be unconscious and does that matter is it always does the psyche does the mind always push towards the edges of the allowable or is there a certain limit that the psyche can be okay with and it's only overly compulsory censorship conservatism that makes the psyche rebel is there a tipping point of repression is the question is there a tipping point of repression is there a way that it goes too far, but is there a certain amount that's okay? You know, that is a good question, I would say. Because, you know, maybe there is a sweet spot, let's say, where there's enough that's allowed, there's enough that's available as an option that the unconscious is not as much of a, doesn't play as much of a part in daily life. It isn't as much of a pressure in people's existence because they have they have ways around the censorship of good society. You know, they have ways around real censorship. Now that everything is open source and available, you know, as long as it's within the legal limits of of you know, what there is available, that's such a vast range of things that, you know, it's like, is that the, is that the sweet spot? Have we reached that golden age of the allowable? <laughs> it's funny. When I have a good question, I look at myself. But I, I'm serious, so that's a good phrase, the golden age of the allowable. You know, is this, like, the sweet spot of that, of permission? More of it would just kind of fuck us up, you know? Like, we would be uh, too... uh, What's the word I want to look for? It's too decadent. We'd be too decadent. Right now, we're still kind of, like, lusty and hearty and on our way up. And just kind of, like... uh, fucking and drinking and you know just normal shit but we're not like decadent to the point where we're just like creating these strange games for people to play while we watch and eat and just pleasure ourselves with food on a couch somewhere while these people endure these terrifying physical oh well you know i guess that happens but We're, you know, we are anything we ever have been and everything we ever will be in some place right now, I imagine. I mean, there's so much happening right now, it's unimaginable. And you could really just focus on any one slice of existence right now, and that could be so radically different one from the other. That's why I think the vignette, the little slice, the little scene, the little look is one of the most appropriate and the least appropriate at the same time. Because it's like out of all of the chaos and the madness, the maelstrom of information and culture and content being spewed our way every single day. It's hard to like catch a novel You know, take time to go sit down with a 600-page book. You know, you really are going to have to do something remarkable with a novel to do that today and have it be a mass phenomenon, have it be a topic of national debate. And I can't wait to see how that happens, to see what the next version of that is because somebody will do it, somebody will figure it out, somebody will make a novel that's that important again, you know, and maybe it'll be me. You know, that's a worthy goal, certainly. Uh, but right now, I think the vignette is more appropriate because you're going to get people hooked first. You have to get people hooked and want the project. You know, and then if you get them hooked to the point where they're frothing to get the product and they're, you know, just ready to line up for three days in tents in costumes... That's when you actually accomplish your goal. Before then, still working on it, bro. That's the attitude I think you should have. People should be camped out for three days ahead of time to get the release of your book, wearing costumes from the book that have been leaked. That's what I think, you know? And so you want to build up that kind of demand. And you need to do that, I think, in small ways at first and master the art of the vignette master the short scene you know that's what photography is it's like a tiny little miniature film it's what painting does too but sometimes it depends on the style of painting now it's like these huge elaborate paintings with you know 40-50 hours into them are kind of lost in the flow of everyday media storm that happens you know so it's almost better to do a kind of sketchy quick prolific personal gestural style where you can just respond 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 produce create move on and keep your flow dynamic and keep your output tremendous so that there's always something new coming out of you but you're never just, like, stuck on one project for six months, just bogged down, bom, bom, boom, bom, bom. Then you release a bunch of stuff around the project. Then you release a bunch of stuff, boom, 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 boom. Then you're bogged down, bogged down, bogged down, bogged down. Projects coming, projects coming, release a bunch of stuff. I don't think that's the rhythm anymore. Now I think it's more of, like, boom, quick, luscious, delicious, intriguing what are you doing we want to know what's going on what's happening next boom oh man did you catch that did you do this where'd he go what do you do who do you meet how do you how do you make that image what do you do for that you know that's the kind of traction that you want that's the goal that's what you want your work to do you want your work to convince people that you are a compelling artist and what you're going to do next is of their interest Bottom line, that's the goal. Anything short of that is just a miss. Like I said, people should be lined up for three nights, camped out, wearing costumes. That's the goal. You need to be compelling in the argument. You need to have people just full enthusiasm. Level 100% fireworks nothing less, and that's just what it is, and that's just how you got to aim, period, point blank, so how to achieve that, how to create that, how to generate that, how to be that, those are all the questions you got to ask yourself, and then how you, how do you know that, and the first way you'll know it, I'll say, is something like this will happen, where you will have listened to someone like me for a long period of time, say six months, say nine months, say a year. And you'll hear me and my progression and I'll inspire you with what I have to say. And all along the way, you'll sort of develop the idea of what can be done. And then you'll do it. And you'll get better at it and you'll improve at it and you'll it'll improve your life. And you'll do a hundred different versions of it until it's working for you. And then you'll inspire someone else and they'll inspire someone else and they'll inspire someone else. And that's how this whole thing works. You know, and that's the goal and that's that's the way you want it to be. But so right now, and when you know it's working is, like right now, I'm most concerned with my own work. There's nothing more interesting to me than my own work. You know, it's not like when I have a break, when I have some free time, I'm going to go look at someone else, see what they're doing, binge on somebody else's product. No, 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 And I'm focused on that, and I'm doing stuff that's going to make me hungrier to do more work, and I'm focused on that, and that's my general approach, you know, is make my work good enough that I don't want to look at anyone else's work. When I start to look at a bunch of other people's work, that's when I know that I'm fucking slacking, that I need to fucking pick it up, bruh. Because when I'm really, really on it with my own stuff, you know, that's all I have time to even think about. You know, I'm trying to make phone calls. I'm trying to create a schedule. I'm trying to create a look. I'm trying to just create the time while I'm juggling, you know, numerous, many other projects. And uh, I'm a prolific content creator. I do a lot of stuff every day, so... It's always a challenge to try to figure out, you know, how to move things around, how to do this or that. And scheduling is always the biggest biggest thing to try to figure out. But, uh, you know, it's all so definitely worth it because it's so fun and rewarding. And I feel like the more you do of it, the better you get at it. And then when you're doing as much as you possibly can, you actually are doing it better. You know, it's like this crazy amount of reps that you get in and you just get into these grooves where you just are just going off and you're just boom, boom, boom. You're just instinct is just super honed to the task and you're so fluid with the equipment because you've been using it so much. You have so many reps. Just recently, you just are, it's like your finger is actually just melded to the shutter and you are just poof, 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 poof. No misses, no misses, no misses, just getting everything you go for. And you know, that's a great feeling. But it's also then the confidence that you have when you're walking around with the camera, when you approach somebody and you go, Hey, would you like to be in a photograph for the restaurant? Would you like to be in a photograph for the brewery? Would you like to be in a photograph? Period. People go, Whoa, yeah because you you carry this confidence with you that you're going to create a good photograph, for one thing. That's an important big part of the whole process is you need to be confident that you're going to create a great photograph in order to work with people who you'd want to work with, or just anybody. You know, it's like, the better you are, the more you'll exude that confidence, the more people will want to work with you. It's a virtuous cycle. And uh, that's what we're trying to create with these, Uh, self-reflective positive feedback loops we're trying to create these virtuous cycles we're putting in the time, we're doing the work to create a pattern that's going to build to something bigger and better in a positive direction, like a fitness goal where you have a certain amount of push-ups, a certain amount of something that you do that's consistent so you understand how in shape or out of shape you are based on that, like say it's you know you want to do 400 push-ups and then you can only do 300 and you're like whoa i'm not in great shape because i could usually do 400 or all of a sudden you just bang out 500 and you're like oh pretty feeling pretty strong feeling pretty energetic because i just did 500 and that was no big deal i'm sweating yes but you know what i don't feel too too winded too you know so that's like a way of measuring yourself or say it's a certain hill that you run up you know and you run up this hill and you get up to the top and you look around and feel the breeze and sun's pounding on you and you run back down and that hill doesn't change either so each time you run up it you have this sort of way of measuring how in or out of shape you are based upon how you handle the hill you run up the hill just red face just, and just steaming just so hot just or you run up the hill and you just all It's all about how you tap into your breath, but that has all to do with how in or out of shape you are. So, there's that. And that's why when you create these virtuous cycles, though, you're in better shape. So, you're able to enjoy the experience more, which then makes you do it more, which then makes you in better shape. You know, and it's like a boom, 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 boom. moving in the right direction kind of a vibe. And then you apply that to all the different areas of your life. You take that general idea, that principle, that idea of discipline and that feeling of doing something that's uncomfortable or hurts or, you know, it's hard to do or all of the above for a certain period of time can create a very positive outcome for you. And if you focus on that outcome, then you just go through the process of the pain of the effort of the exertion and you reach your goals, then that becomes a habit. And then it doesn't become as hard because it's just what you do. And you do it and it's still hard every time. And that's why it's an effort and that's why you sweat and that's why it's difficult and that's why you don't wanna do it. But you just make a habit of doing it. And it's a virtuous cycle and you get more invested in it and you do it more and you do it more and you build those habits into your life. Anyways, that's what I'm trying to do. So just thought I'd share where I'm coming from with you on that one. The old virtuous cycle idea, the mentality of trying to improve through creating these positive feedback loops of things that you set for yourself to do and then you do them and then you measure how they are to do them and then you understand what you're doing. Are you on track or are you effing up? what what do you need to adjust? do you need to get more sleep? do you need to eat better food? do you need to what what are the above? you know it's like basically exercise eat good food get good sleep, do hard work, enjoy whatever play you get you know what I'm saying don't be a you know just be cool <laughs> and uh be yourself, you know, be the full dynamic range of things that you really are and don't be ashamed and be open to change and don't, you know, I don't think it's like people should go out into the world and try and express hatred and want to hurt other people, but just however you feel shouldn't. People shouldn't be so offended at the same time. But, you know, it's a touchy subject, and I just say err on the side of keeping your mouth fucking shut about that shit, whatever it may be that's somebody else is finding offensive. You know, unless you're a professional comedian, and then you, that's your battle. you got to draw your lines. you got to figure out what's acceptable to you. But it's still got to be a line. It's still got to be, you know, boundaries that people are pushing in order for them to be pushed wherever the avant-garde in comedy is, you know, and I think it's a similar sort of thing, like back to that whole idea of, is this the golden age of the allowable? In comedy, there's got to be a, an upper limit. There's got to be a human limit where it's like, okay, we've reached the edge. Now, this is the acceptable terrain of comedy. There's not like more over there, you know. It's like, okay, within this huge dynamic, ever-changing Field in flux what sort of ideas can we come up with what sort of new plays can we make how can we embrace our legacy our history of comedians of writers of art on this continent at the same time that we generate something radically new something that satires the old something that innovates in a sincere way something you know there's any number of ways to do something artfully but uh it just all depends upon intention it all depends upon what people want and sometimes people don't know what they want because they haven't seen it they haven't been privileged enough to be able to experience it and once you have experienced certain things you know and you feel like it, it it's this weird double bind because you don't know if other people you don't want to assume that other people would enjoy it in the same way but you feel like they probably would if they understood the thing that you're enjoying and why you enjoy it and they understood in the same way that you do they probably feel the same way that you would you're not like some special being because you have education and you've read certain books and you've experienced certain things you're just a privileged being and you you know you're maybe you have a certain talent But you're lucky to have that and then you use that and you're lucky to have used that and then you got to be in the position to do the work to read the books to have the conversations to listen to the lectures and all of that combined helped you to formulate your point of view and that's a clear advantage over somebody who only has passively consumed culture for the most part and hasn't had the experience the training to be able to do the work to carry their thought through to logical conclusions to argue a case to create a premise and you know to create evidence for their claims and to write with active voice and good style and you know there's so many different elements that go into it that it's just it's like the jujitsu of the mind you know it's it's not fair you know if you've gone through that training it's not fair to spar with somebody who hasn't but i don't think it makes you better i think all different lifestyles have different advantages and those are all contextual and what we should really be doing is just trying to help each other in the different contexts where we are expert. But because we're all in this super competitive mode, it's like <sighs> harder to get that done, I think. But still the goal. Get her done. Get that done. Collaborate. Cooperate. You know, figure out how to combine your strengths into teams and then thrive and just create a whole new renaissance of culture and just really approach the world with fresh eyes and just a vital energy of creating, creating, creating something great, something that's never been experienced before through this medium, but intelligible. You can imagine if Da Vinci were able to see what you do. You know, have Da Vinci as your imagined audience and Michelangelo and, you know, Plato speak to them fellows, you know, and to all the Gertrude Stein and Jane Adams and Susan B. Anthony and Maya Angelou and, you know, all these important women in history as well. But just, to me, it is important, where you come from, what your tradition is, what your heritage is, what that language that you use has in it as its vitality, as its history, its its presence, its hauntedness. What is it haunted by? What has it done before? What has it helped to do? You know, and, That's what culture is. Culture is this legacy. It's this inheritance. It's this... The air we breathe, the space we move through is so close to us. It's so much a part of us. It's so essential to us that it's almost unknowable. But when you stop and study it